All right, all right, all right. Here we are for the CXM Experience. And as usual, I am Grad Khan, your host, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And uh, today is actually super looking forward to today's uh, session. I think this is going to be super fun today. Uh, we're continuing our series on digital transformation. Uh, and we're talking through the digital customer-first transformation system uh, that we've had for many years at Sprinkler, based on a lot of work that we've done uh, with clients and customers and uh, is a pretty, uh, pretty cool way of thinking about how to optimize your organization. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to do the sort of stage, uh, the stage today I'll be reviewing will be uh, the capabilities model. Uh, so the capabilities model, if I'll, I'll just kind of quickly review what we're talking about here. Overall, we've got a, a five-stage process. Uh, stage one is a value model. What value are you trying to drive? Revenue, cost, risk, how are you trying to optimize those? Uh, stage two, what we're going to talk about today is the capabilities model. Stage three, one of my favorites, is the maturity model. It's a really awesome way of, of really understanding uh, how you rank uh, on the maturity scale. Great way to get alignment from your peers on where everyone sits and get everyone on the same page. Uh, then there's the ROI model. That's, a, that's really a fantastic one because it really helps you understand how to drive value in the organization so people are able to appreciate the effort of the transformation. And then a whole bunch of stuff around what to do. So functional use case model, the operations model, and a reference architecture. So we'll go through all of those. But today, we are talking about the capabilities model. And the capabilities model, uh, it's, it's pretty detailed, so I'm not going to go through every single element of it. And uh, as usual, um, I will have this posted. So if you want to see this and read it, uh, it will be uh, on the Sprinkler blog and on Copernican Shift. So you can find it there. Uh, but the capability model, model really talks about the outcomes and experiences that you want to drive. Uh, and then uh, we basically outline those. And I'm going to go through those in some detail. Uh, then what are the use cases that help deliver those outcomes and experiences? And then what are the people, process, and technology steps that are necessary to make that happen? People, process, and technology. Uh, it's a great structure. Many people use that structure to understand how to do things. I would say that the challenge in a lot of cases with these digital transformation projects is we start with the technology, um, then sort of wind our way into a process, and then we start thinking about the people. And, of course, change is hard. And so if you leave people to the last, it's unlikely to succeed. Uh, I've used this stat before, but amazingly, when people are – required to change their lifestyle and their habits, typically say after a health event like a heart attack, in only two out of 10 cases do people actually make the changes that are required to help them live a long, healthy life. So when our lives are at stake, we still don't like to make change. So certainly uh, making changes in the company are very hard to get people motivated behind. So the great thing about the digital customer first transformation system is it helps align everybody and get everyone on the same page, but also takes it out of the realm of we're all about transformation and puts it more into the realm of we're delivering results. And because people are measured and paid by results, easier way to get people aligned to it and people tend to get more excited about it. Uh, people will tend to resist something which is, hey, this project's all about change. Uh, even when you put up banners about change and you talk about change, it's better to change than to be irrelevant and all that kind of stuff. People will nod, but they'll still resist it. Uh, but if you say, hey, we've got a way to add an extra $100 million to our bottom line next year, and your bonus is going to get bigger, 
people get that very quickly. So that's why this is a great process to go through. Um, I want to talk a little bit about outcomes and experiences. I'm going to start there first. And I'm going to tell a little story uh, about comedians. And I've I've told this before, but it's a it's a great story and it's more and more relevant all the time. So I'm going to sort of wind that into this as I go through it. So let me just start with um, the way the outcomes and experiences are sort of outlined. The way we've got it set up is that we've got a company outcome. So think of that as a, some kind of business-related outcome. And then we've got a customer experience. So a desired company outcome and a desired customer experience. Uh, and they're linked. So I'll give you a couple examples. So desired company outcome, we know who's talking and what they're saying, and we can respond appropriately. Very good to have that. Uh, desired customer experience, I am heard. I am heard. It's really not as common as it needs to be in our society. Eh? All right, next one. Desired company outcome. We know how well we're doing today and we can gauge our progress over time. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward kind of company objective. Um, desired customer experience. I enjoy interactions with this brand more and they're more meaningful to me. Think about the these expressions. I enjoy interactions with this brand more and they are more meaningful to me. Very personal. You could say that about your friends too, right? Desired company outcome. Uh, we tell consistent stories that are personal and relevant. Desired customer experience. I am remembered, preferred, and loved. Right? Remembered, preferred, and loved. You know, we're getting to some pretty deep stuff here. You know, there's a the whole thing around customer experience. You can kind of get buried in a sort of a, a silt layer of technology and you know acronyms and uh, buzzwords, but I'm remembered. Whew, that is deep. That is deep. That goes to the core of the, the the terror that lives inside every human, which is to be forgotten. You know, our mortality is our weak spot. And, you know, we believe we're the only species that understands our timeline and understands our own mortality and it sits there ticking. Will I be remembered? Will I have made a difference? Will people know that I was here? Hmm. I think Apple does a great job on this. I think I've often said that Apple really is selling immortality. That's really what they're selling. And that's why their focus on creative and their focus on creation is so brilliant because my creative will live on beyond me. It's very powerful. I'm preferred. People prefer me. People like me. People want to be with me. That's, oh man, that is like, that's at the, that's taken at the heart of every insecure human out there. And then of course, I'm loved. I want to be appreciated. Again, everyone needs that. Everyone needs to be loved. Uh, so uh, keep going. Uh, so desired company outcome, we immediately recognize every customer regardless of where they touch our brand, right? And I think the, um, I, one thing I think i probably going to change as we sort of evolve this is the word customer. Um, and the, the difference between CRM and CXM is not just the X and the R. So in CRM, it's customer relationship management. Um, but in, in that, what that implies is that the person is known to us, right? Their person is already a customer. Uh, in CXM, it's consumer experience management. So the consumer may not be a customer, the consumer may be someone that we are just 
uh, interacting with or want to interact with or someone that we know, someone that's interested. And that's a big difference. And so I would say that we immediately recognize every consumer, uh, regardless of where they touch our brand. Uh, and then the desired customer experience is I'm recognized and appreciated. Same thing. Um, desired company outcome, we have an army of people who show support and respond to us. Desired customer experience, I'm proud to be a brand loyalist. I told the story last week of what Subaru is doing uh, with their Subaru Ambassador Program. You know, I, I, sent, I put a tweet out there, say I'm looking for an SUV. An army of Subaru loyalists uh, messaged me and said, you should take a look at a Subaru. You'd be crazy not to after that. Uh, I'm proud to be a brand loyalist. We often underestimate this. We often underestimate how proud people are to buy our brands and to be associated with our companies and how easily they'll endorse us and give us, um, give us the help we need to keep growing. Um, for me, I know there's a number of brands that I don't want them to go out of business. So I'll, I'll easily, you know, advertise for them and talk about them. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan because I want them to be around and I love their business. Desired company outcome, we can leverage social engagement intelligence to deliver better customer experiences. Desired customer experience, interactions with the brand help me and make me smarter. Make me smarter. If you can teach someone and someone feels like they're learning from you, really deep loyalty uh, and something that people value very highly. Uh, two more, and then we're, I'm going to sort of switch gears a little bit. Um, we directly reach and engage more of the right people. That's a desired company outcome. Desired customer experience. The ads and other stuff this brand sends me are for me and help me along my journey. More than 70% of people now expect and prefer personalized advertising. They want it to be targeted to them. They know that you know enough about them or that you should know enough about them that you don't need to give them depersonalized advertising anymore. Finally, our brand reputation and equity is safeguarded and customer data is secure. Risk management, uh, the desired customer experience, I control how my data is used, my identity is protected, and I am respected. So you know, privacy is, is, a, is a benefit too if you do it correctly. People feel like they're respected and they are valued if you do that um, the right way. So let me just talk, talk a little bit about all these desired customer experiences and just tell a quick story about comedians. Um, and we'll kind of come back to the capabilities model. I think I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how the use cases support these outcomes. And I'll spend a little bit of time on people, process, and technology uh, in our next show. But on this one, I'm just going to finish up with all this emotional stuff. So I am heard. You know, uh, they're meaningful to me. I'm remembered. I'm preferred. I'm loved. I'm recognized, appreciated, I'm proud, you know, I'm smarter. These are, these are what you want to go for in customer experience. The tricky thing is that you can't tell someone that you're going to make them smarter. You can't tell someone that you love them just generically. You have to show it. I think it's really hard for brands today because brands have mostly grown up in the broadcast age. In the broadcast age, we got complacent with this idea that we could just tell people what to think about us. Got our message, got our kind of core communication objective. I'm just going to tell you what to think about me. It's not going to work because in the age we're in now, we're in the conversation age, which quite frankly is the age we've, we were in before broadcast. We've always been in the conversation age. Humans for tens of thousands of years have preferred conversation to broadcast. Broadcast just introduced mass. Now we've got mass and conversation again. So in a conversation age, you can't just tell people stuff and expect them to believe it. 
you think about how you have a conversation with a friend and you draw a conclusion about that friend. You know, someone will say, how's your friend doing? You know, did you have a, a good lunch with Rob today? Yeah, he seemed, he seemed good. Oh, just good? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the person will start to talk about, well, yeah, this is this and that. And, you know, Rob may not have said that, may not have communicated any of those things, but you pick it up, right? And so people pick up things from brands. So let me give you this example. So all comedians have the same communication objective. I just want you to think about it for one moment, actually, before I tell you. So all comedians have the same communication objective. You think about how a typical creative brief is written. Uh, the communication objective would be written something like to convince uh, people that blank, right? So if I'm tied, I want to convince people that I get the tough dirt uh, better than any other detergent. That'd be a good example of a real, a real communication objective. Uh, so what is it for comedians to convince people that, that I am funny? Every comedian, has the exact same objective. Now, the other parts of the creative brief, like the reason why and the brand character, they're different. Comedians approach the way they communicate that differently, and they all have different personalities. Um, but they all have the same objective. They want people to think that they're funny. All right. So if a marketer were to say, hey, I'm going to be a comedian, they would take that creative brief and they'd walk up on the stage and they'd say, well, I know how to do this. I know how to communicate a message. I'm going to go and communicate the message. Stand in front of the microphone and go, I am funny. That's my message. I am funny. I am funny. I am funny. I know a frequency of around seven is when people start to like really grok a message. I am funny. I am funny. Maybe I'll hand out some flyers because I know multimedia works. I am funny. Maybe I'll ask Randy down there in the front. Uh, hey, Randy, you know, can you just give me a little, little testimonial? No testimonials work. Tell everyone that I'm funny. Randy goes, yeah, grad's really funny. Perfect. Thank you, Randy. Um, I am funny. I am funny. I am funny. Okay, what happens at the end of that performance? People leave and someone goes up to them and says, hey, how was the, how was the show? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it was interesting. Was the, you know, was the comedian funny? And, you know, you're like, well, you know, he said he was. <laughs> Like he got the message, right? Got the message. He said he was funny, but I, I don't know if I believe it. And it's this idea of how people believe and especially how they believe around emotions. You cannot tell someone how to feel. They'll pull that out themselves. So what does a comedian do, right? Much smarter about this. A comedian goes on stage and they tell a joke. And the joke is a stimulus. It's a stimulus that they send out. And you hear the joke, and hopefully you laugh. And while you're laughing, think about this. You've done this yourself. While you're laughing, you think to yourself, wow, she is really funny. But you made that conclusion on your own. No one told you to think that way. You made that conclusion on your own. Afterwards, someone will say, how was the show? And you're like, oh, my God, she was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. She's really funny. You love her. And, you know, have you ever had someone say, well, what, like, what was she talking about? Like, what were the jokes? And you never remember, right? Well, I don't know. There's like a mother-in-law and an octopus. And I, I don't know. I can't. I don't, I don't remember like the jokes. I just remember how I felt. I remember what I concluded. 
And this is the second part of experiences is people may not remember how they heard about your brand. People may not remember how they interacted with your brand. They'll remember how you made them feel. No one ever forgets how you made them feel. That's a famous Maya Angelou quote. So uh, as you think about your outcomes and experiences that you want to drive, think about it in terms of the comedian model, which is what do I need to do to get people to feel a certain way? I can't tell people to feel that way. I have to get them to go there on their own. People love Zappos. Does Zappos ever tell people to love them? No. What Zappos does is they behave in a way that makes people fall in love with them. You got to make people fall in love with you. It's not that easy. So this deep show today. Wow. Who would think that the capabilities model and the digital transformation would get so personal? That's what it's all about. So today uh, we're going to finish and we'll pick it up later. Uh, for the CXM experience, I'm Grad Khan, and I will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>